0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure to sec are fun. I'm Andy. I am Bruce. And welcome to episode 83. Hey, hey. Chugging right along, quarter of the way through the season, uh, which means it's time for a deck tale. We, we figured we'd switch things up. Bruce, you brought you brought yours. <coughs> yeah, I uh, brought a little friend. I, uh, do, do you want me to introduce her, or do you want to I would jump her right in. So, uh... All right.
1: My, my commander deck, my commander for this one, is Ineaz, the Gale Force. Uh, Ineaz is a 4-4 flyer, costs 3 and 2 blue. Uh, and the first ability is 2 with a hybrid white-blue, which means you can use either white or blue for that. Attacking creatures with flying get plus 1, plus 1 until the end of the turn. So it has what on the surface sounds like lousy fire-breathing. Three mana (laughs) to get the plus one, but it's not just plus one, it's plus one, plus one. So you get it on both sides, and yes, you can activate this multiple times. The next ability is whenever three or more creatures you control with flying attack, each player gains control of a non-land permanent of your choice, controlled by the player to their right. So in other words, if I attack with three creatures, I then get to choose a permanent from each person's uh, from all from the permanents they have out, not including lands, and swap them to the person to their right. Um, and no, this doesn't mean I can go. That person's soul ring goes to this person, who then passes mm. the soul ring to the next person, who then passes it to me. That's not how this works. They all get passed at the same time. So if there is a particular card you're looking for. It has to work its way all the way around the table until it gets to you. So, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I like uh, I like the flavor of this the of this mechanic because it it evokes you know like a tornado or like a hurricane of just like a swirling things getting caught up in the wind, um, and uh, it's it's a it's a funky little thing that you just love to see. Um, yeah.
1: I saw the card and uh, one, I wanted to build, I wanted to build blue white and Mm -hmm. I just didn't, I didn't want Azorius. I wanted something a little bit different. Um, and this is one of the cards from jumpstart. I believe I like the set and I knew that it hadn't been built that much. So I wanted to give it a shot. So I leaned heavily onto the, uh, onto that blue white flying theme. Um, and I pulled a lot of the cards from a previous deck, um, that had been built for me, uh, by Andrew McGrini, who was, uh, kind enough to build this one as part of our, uh, we had done a Secret Santa at one of the, um, I believe it was a Gen Con. And he pulled my name and put together a, uh, basically it was Spirits Tribal, um, helmed by Brago King Eternal, which was kind of funny because it then led people to believe it was a bounce deck when... In actuality, <laughs> it was, but not really. It was more a case of, "Ooh, we can bounce them," so now they're all untapped. Um, there was there weren't a lot of enter the battlefield effects and that kind of thing. So um, I took the basis for, or the a number of cards from that deck. So uh, so there's a strong spirit theme in this deck, and that's due to uh, a lot of the cards coming from uh, coming direct getting ported directly from that deck into this one. Uh, and then I yeah. mixed in a few other cards. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, the times that I've played against this deck, it has definitely... It's it's all about the flying, honestly. Yeah. And as long as you can get NES down and then two combat, you should be able to do the thing at least once. Um, yeah. And it's, it's... I mean, from what I've seen, it's tougher than you'd think. It's funny... I- I found a, at least initially
1: it was very much boom or bust. Um, mm-hmm. It just seemed like the deck would take would would explode, and then other times it just wouldn't go anywhere. Um, but I'm finding more now um, as long as if I keep the focus more on playing out the creatures and trying to keep you know enough creatures out there to deter people from attacking while still being able to swing here and there as long as that's where i'm where i'm looking to set up then i find the deck is pretty resilient Uh, and sometimes this means you're not playing iniaz it's iniaz is just sitting there and you're mostly using it uh uh, you know as a one as a one-time thing um you know you play it out to get one effect and then it's that's all you're really looking for so um, i found that Lately, it's become it's uh, as long as I'm playing it this that way. It's uh, it's a lot more resilient.
0: I guess uh, let's let's dive into some of the cards. Sure. Um, I think uh, where where my mind goes when I think about this card um, is trying to like do you find yourself trying to balance more towards that second or the that last line or that second line? So like, are you trying to more uh, buff your flying creatures, or are you trying to do the the switcheroo? Yeah, more it's often, way more trying to buff my creatures. Um,
1: I find that uh, it's bizarre how many times you're playing a game and the the opponent to my right doesn't have anything in particular that I want, <laughs> or somebody has something that's a you know some a miserable permanent that they can't have. You want to mm-hmm. g- take it from them. But then you're giving it to the person on their right, and it, it turns out it's just as bad. It's, you know, INEA's transferring ownership of smothering tithe isn't doing anything. It just means somebody <laughs> else is now getting all those treasures as opposed to the person before. So unless you're the one getting it, it's not as effective. So you can pass it over, and then somebody else gets the benefit for a while. So there's kind of restric- there are some restrictions there. Um, and I find that a lot of times when I'm looking at what I want to take I'm looking at mana rocks um, I'm looking at oh, ways okay. yeah because a lot because, well because I'm looking at pumping pumping my creatures so if it's gonna cost me three mana to give all of my flyers plus one you know what if I can get another another mana rock in and ease that cost a little bit or give myself some more mana so I can pay it um, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm Oftentimes that's what I'm looking for, which, you know, in the greater scheme of things, that's underwhelming, you know. And I'm, you know, I don't really want to build the, build the deck around that idea. Um, I did have, there are some cards in here that basically give me the benefit no matter who owns it. So those are the ones I try and pass off to other people.
0: Mm, um, like but, your heart stones.
1: Right. Like Hearthstone, yeah. which most people forget. other Most people forget, but that's a universal card. Yeah. So it can, you know, everybody gets to use it, and it doesn't matter who controls it. So um, as long Gravitational as not, shift. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. That sort of thing. Now, there's not a ton of them, but they're there. Um, and, you know, I've also got Homeward Path in the deck, so if I find that I'm giving out a few too many cards at some point, I
0: can get them back. So. yeah i i like that um when when i was looking over this list and trying to remember like the things um i i would i kept sticking to memories where i was on the other side of this and like terrified that my stuff was gonna get you know messed with uh but right. like overall fine, like okay with it And understanding that that's like the fun of it and so it's interesting to like look at this list and understand how much of it is more based in the attacking creatures with flying uh get plus one plus one uh line i guess uh because like a lot of this is is buffing flying creatures or are flying creatures i mean even to the extent that Uh, you know you've got 15 cards in your token column and i mean these are these are cards that either make tokens or care about tokens yeah um and generally most of them if not all of them the spirit the the tokens have flying um oh yeah and i like that (laughs) and i like that that not only helps obviously with that first line then you can buff all of your tokens and Generally, with tokens, it's a go-wide strategy. Yeah. Um, and obviously, with things like Divine Visitation, you're getting these big creatures already. Right. Um, so, like, having flying, having them be flying creatures helps a lot with that line, but also the fact that they're tokens means that they kind of... It's a dime a dozen. Uh, so that also helps with that last line, um, which right. is, is just, like, a fun little thing where it's, like, you know I was looking at this list and I, uh, I clearly would just hadn't scrolled far enough or had it on a narrow uh, monitor at the time and I was just like man like it would make sense to have like some sort of tokens that you can give away so that you're not <laughs> getting the short end of the stick here right uh, and then I kept scrolling I was like oh there it is yeah. oh wow 15 cards that wow yep nope that makes sense and it's it's nice because it's not you know the deck's not based around tokens but they like the the synergies obviously with the other creatures sure. um the fact that they are flying and the fact that they are a dime a dozen and repeatable uh makes makes that that part particularly shine it right. makes it feel like this deck was meant to be flying tokens Um uh-huh. But uh, love, love that Divine Visitation. Yeah, I'm always,
1: I'm always a fan of Divine Visitation. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and considering the number of cards in here that, you know, that create much smaller tokens normally, um, that works out really well. So, and even, even setting aside Divine Visitation, I mean, Godhead of Awe, uh, a 4-4 flyer with, that says other creatures are 1-1 yeah so you know the thing is that my creatures fly so they were already kind of small to begin with they were probably already one ones so i'm okay with everybody else's big beaters being one ones um, even if they have plus and plus one counters on them just because it also means that my flyers are much more likely to to get in and deal damage without me having to take a ton of damage if i don't have quite enough blockers to uh manage the situation so
0: yeah especially when you have things like favorable winds or gravitational shift out where like your flying spirits will or your flying tokens will just get bigger than one one anyway right so like having god god ahead of awe kind of uh turns all of this even more into your favor because nobody else will be generally expecting it too much
1: right Um, and in theory, if you're playing Innyas for five on the following turn, if you've got six mana, you can use that first ability twice. Mm. So all of those one ones become three threes. So your your one ones are now a bit of a force to be reckoned with.
0: So yeah, uh, it can go a little crazy. Especially too, like if next turn you're attacking with Innyas, they're a four four to begin with. Even with Godhead of All out, if you're pumping with Ineos twice you know it's already back to a three three like it's fine yeah and I love that like Ineos... and we see this a lot with a lot of modern or contemporary uh, uh, legendary creatures is that they they do a lot um, yeah but like this it, this interacts with itself very well three three mana isn't nothing it's it's quite a lot Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially in these colors, um, but you know there are certain, especially in this deck, there are certain things where you can end up really pushing that uh, that line of of, of pump uh, pretty pretty high.
1: Right. I mean, well, I mean, we keep you know we, we've mentioned a couple times this is very much a go wide strategy with the tokens and with, with and how your flyers tend to be a little smaller, um, and then you know you can use the inias pump it. To, you know, twice, sometimes three times if you're lucky. Um, mm. And that really helps the go-wide strategy. Something to keep in mind is that Hearthstone and Training Grounds are both in here. Uh, now, Training yep. Grounds says activated abilities of creatures like creatures you control cost up to two less to activate. The effect can't reduce the amount of mana uh, an ability costs to activate to less than one mana. Well with Training Grounds out, Ineaz only costs one to activate, and it's either one white or one blue, which pretty much every land in the deck makes, either white yeah. or blue. So um, suddenly for one mana, you can pump all of your creatures. Well, this is where uh, Ineaz can be a Voltron deck all on a, you know, all by itself. Um, I've had more than once when I get that opportunity um, where I'll turn Ineaz into a A nine-nine swing at one player with Ineas, and then swing everything else at somebody else. So you're using go Mm. go wide on one person, and Voltron on another, and you know that's a real it's a real beat stick, and you're putting pressure
0: on more than one one opponent at the same time. So it uh, oh for sure so it works out pretty well that way. I think it's interesting too because like I mean I remember being up against this deck once and feeling like I was pretty sure that I had it. Uh, and uh, you... It, I think it was just down to me and you. I think I know the deck. I, know the, I kept, remember the game. Yeah, you kept coming at me. And, you know, if you have training grounds out, like, even if you're coming at me with four creatures, you know, say it's Inez and three other flyers. One, I'm not ready for flyers all the time. Right. <laughs> and two... If you're pumping all of your flyers with a single mana, every, like, say you have four creatures, every mana you're pumping adds four damage to my face. And so, like, things can get out of hand real fast, and it's (laughs) awesome to see. It's, like, so surprising, uh, especially, I mean, if you're going at, if it's, you know, if you're down to two or three people you will be, like, more focused on uh, moving their pieces around to make sure that, like, you can either get through for the damage or ruin their plan so that they can't just come back at you the next turn. Uh, because, right. I mean, other and- than, like... I mean, obviously, the angels from Divine Visitation have vigilance, but, um, you know, other than uh, uh, intangible virtue, like... There are only a handful of things that have vigilance in this, so right. uh, if you're if you're going out uh, swinging, then uh, you got to make sure that you've got the the mana to do so. Right,
1: and honestly, which can be very easy. You alluded to it, the idea of using the second ability to uh, open up the defenses. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you can easily do that. Sure, you know, if they've got a four-four flyer and you want to hit them. You can move that 4-4 four, four flyer to another opponent. It's still a problem for you. It's still a threat. But now it's a threat from somebody else. It does mean that they're open. So you can, you know, you get to control. You can do a lot to mess with combat, you know, as you're attacking and moving their def- their defending creatures around. It can definitely improve improve your situation. I think it's an underrated part of what Ineas can do when it comes to that you know, when it comes to moving, moving permanence
0: around. um, Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, uh, it's definitely a target that gets painted on you early game. um, Especially while people are trying to build things up um, because people are afraid of it, but also late game, it's vital in pulling through to win. Yeah, Um, uh, We're going to throw it to break real quick. Okay. Um, Throw it to our ads, and then we'll, when we get back, we'll uh, we'll we'll dive deeper into some of these cards. Um, I think it's it's a very cool deck, and you won't want to miss the end of this one. Definitely not.
1: This episode of Temple of False Pod is brought to you by Floodgate.
0: I mean, really, have you read the card, Floodgate? floodgate in a flying deck now back to you welcome back we're uh doing a doing a deck tale uh this week we're talking about bruce's Inez the gale force deck as you might have heard uh flood floodgates in this deck that's right um Floodgate, for those who don't know, is 3 and a blue for a 0-5 wall. It says, if Floodgate gains flying, bury it. So, uh, I'm from here on out, I'm going to read the, the uh, <laughs> oracle text because uh, it gets real confusing. Um, it says, when Floodgate leaves the battlefield, it deals damage equal to half the number of islands you control rounded down to each non-blue creature without flying. Uh, So you look at all the creatures that aren't blue, have no blue, and then you look at those, and then you look at the ones of those that don't have flying, and you deal X damage where X is half of the number of islands rounded down that you control. Um, Bruce, uh, Floodgate in a flying deck?
1: Well... One, almost none of my... Well, almost none of my creatures are affected by this because they right. all fly. Um, or are blue. Yeah. So for the most part, this is something that that when it leaves play, it's going to do one or two points of damage to all of my opponent's creatures, or at least right. the ones that don't fly. So it, gets, it, can, it can clear up the board of... Uh, if an opponent is running tokens, it can clear the board of some some a a, large, a group a, a larger group of smaller tokens um, honestly I just like the idea that it was an O five 5 um, that could you know that could do damage to other people's creatures without touching mine and you know when you get the opportunity to play a card that had that where the flavor text is quick rear hawk, teach me to swim
0: I That's mean, very good that's pretty good so. It's very like it's so silly. Like yeah. it's. I guess my follow up question is: Do you have ways to give it flying? No. What? No. no.
1: No. No. So
0: like, it's just a. It's a good old zero five. It's a zero that f- when. Yeah. Somebody gets rid of it. I guess. Right.
1: Um. At least, I don't, at least I don't think I have a way to give it flying. Yeah, it no, was, I mean, it was certainly from, not from in, a quick
0: glance, it doesn't seem like you do. It was, it was not um, intended, so. Um, I, I love that, because then it kind of becomes this uh, political thing where if if somebody has, you know, 20 tokens on the ground somewhere, right. they could be like, you, you can be like, uh, if you've got a way to get rid of this one, this wall, you mm-hmm. um, Even if you just bounce it or flicker it, like... Yes, and this deck can definitely do that. Goblins, in this case.
1: (laughs) Right. I've... uh, Most of the time with Floodgate, I'll play it out. And then your opponents have to decide, do they want to use removal early when it does minimal damage? Or do they want to wait and give me the opportunity to get out more islands? Right and as i do how big are their creatures so you know obviously someone who's got a five whose creatures are all five fives is really not going to care because odds are i'm never going to do five damage to all the creatures so Mm -hmm. um so it it falls to other stuff but um i like the card i wanted to run it
0: um something that i i noticed uh that i feel like kind of snuck its way in here um and i hope i hope one day you get You get to do the thing with this. Um, I noticed during the break, uh, you've got Ink Moth Nexus in here, which obviously, well, maybe not obviously. For those who don't know, Ink Moth Nexus uh, is a land that can tap for a colorless mana, or for one mana, you turn this land, uh, Ink Moth Nexus becomes a one-one Blink Moth Artifact creature. With flying and infect until end of turn, it's still a land. So obviously, if you need, you know, an extra flyer uh, to to get Inez to go off, or if you just need a little bit more damage, uh, well, I guess it does infect, uh, only infect. But I guess if you need another flyer to 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 trigger Inez, then great. Uh, or uh, you know, you're flying in with ink moth uh, or I guess the blink moth artifact creature uh, you can pump it up with Ineas and and get in for your infect
1: yeah and that's and that's most often what ends up happening uh, have you know. have you gotten to do it uh, I've or I've dealt the but uh, I have yet to kill anybody with it so uh, there's not nearly enough proliferate to really
0: have yeah. this up you're gonna either need proliferate or you're gonna need you know a lot of mana to get Inez to really pump it up or you know all of your favorable winds type things right but, all the
1: cards that will just pump it naturally because
0: or i guess it's... you know multiple attacks <laughs> well yes but for
1: the most part you're not getting multiple attacks uh no you know, this gets in it doesn't get indestructible so once things start getting out of hand, people will find a way. So, um, yeah. But yeah, that that is why Ink Moth is in here. Um,
0: I love it. You know, I want to see it happen. I have, I have hopes.
1: Um, one of the other ones I wanted to mention was, was the Gast Herald. I've got it on uh, removal. Yes. Uh, this one's a mm-hmm. 2 1 flying with flash for two and a blue. And it says, whenever the Herald or another spirit enters the battlefield under my control, tap target creature and opponent controls. So this happens pretty frequently. I mean, I can, oh, I I can count on, hit, on on getting a creature out just about every turn, um, and that doesn't even include... I'm not even thinking about the token creatures, which quite often you can you know, cast on demand, so that way you can mess with your opponent's defenses. Um, and when you're talking about flying creatures, usually I, there's only one or two of them that I have to deal with, so I can get... Make that work. Um, the other piece with uh, with Nebogast Herald is, uh, I mean, Brago King Eternal is just wonderful with this card. Um, admittedly, Brago bounces the, bounces these creatures towards the end, uh, towards the end of my turn after my attack. But um, if it means that I can tap down one opponent's creature and it leaves them open for every other opponent, there's benefits there too. So yeah Uh, the herald has done some serious work for me uh especially with you know with opponents who only have a couple of creatures to block with it works out pretty well
0: well is there something like consistently that you're like you come across when playing this deck that you're like oh like uh this is either something that needs excuse me more plays or is it something that you could i don't know what i'm saying
1: (laughs) well okay so Let's just talk about the main piece that I'm having an issue with. With Ineas, the the last ability um, allows me to take opponents' permanents and give them to other opponents or myself. Mm-hmm. This it, it became early obvious early on that this was not going to be as good as I'd hoped it was going to be. Um, but more importantly, uh, in in my in the playgroup, group. Um, we have more than one person who really doesn't like you like it when you mess with their stuff, um, and that's what Iniyaz kind of does. That's one of the thing. That's one of the features, is you know, keep you from building your your machine by taking a, taking out cards that you really need, or you know, it's a card I really want, so I'm going to get it onto my onto my battlefield. Um, I really feel like this Ability has just made Ineaz a big target. Um, Mm -hmm. And because Ineaz costs five, it's not as though you can get the card out before they have an answer. Because by the time you're playing Ineaz, they've seen the seven cards in their opener plus at least five, probably 10 cards. Um, If they're concerned about Ineaz, and some of them are, then they're going to have the removal. They're going to have ways to stop it before you can do anything. So, uh, and at five mana, this is not a card that you want to have to recast three times. I mean, you know, <laughs> paying seven mana is already kind of tough. Paying nine or eleven, well, that just starts getting into the range of exorbitant. And can your deck work without Iniyas? Because it's just right. You know, you've just it's just been priced out. So there are times when, it, when I feel like I'm being targeted when there are other other better targets out there, but I understand why. It's because they just don't want me messing with their stuff. It was something that I really hadn't considered deeply enough before I built the deck. Uh, I, with this deck, I really felt like that ability was kind of the throw-in, and I'll get some benefits here and there, and sometimes I won't, but it'll be fine when in fact it's turned into this oh, I hate that. I got to get rid of this card. And that's, you know, that can be a little tough to deal with.
0: It's it's definitely like one of those things where I guess the choice matters ultimately of like which permanents you're, you're shifting. Right. Um, and, you know, for the most part, like the obvious thing would be to like give your opponents, say, tre- like a treasure token each type of thing. Like you just kind of shift things that either they have in common or or something that doesn't super affect uh, the board. But, I mean, when you start giving them, you know, card permanents, things that aren't tokens, etc., it's this interesting thing where, like, obviously their decks aren't necessarily built for that kind of flexibility, but also yours isn't. Uh, but it's it's an interesting thing where you can also disrupt... Uh, somebody who is way in the lead, uh, it fairly easily, but at the cost of like, you know, the the deck does its thing, which is great, um, and I think that that's a thing that generally like people need to be ready for, uh, and I don't think it necessarily means you know you're the threat. It means that either you need to have like. What this means for the Ineaz player is that you either need to have four flying creatures on the battlefield, including Ineaz, when Ineaz comes out. So three other ones that are are ready to fly. Or you need to have Ineaz out and two other flyers wait a whole turn, because blue and white aren't really known for their haste. And then, like, there's plenty, of, there's plenty of time for your opponents to politically, to like, figure out, like, hey, how do I not get screwed over on this? Um, but also there's plenty of time for them to either remove it or, uh, which is obviously a thing that any as player needs to kind of figure out. Uh, so, like, I, I don't think it's necessarily a huge, hugely powerful thing. Is the thing, and like I get, I get why some people would get you know frustrated or salty over this because it's not you know until end of turn type thing, uh, as with a lot of things. But I mean, this is arguably you know harder or I mean easier to deal with than somebody playing even you know a control magic like like card card name control magic card on a right. thing um because i would say that like with this there is that you know you're you're uh broadcasting it it's it's it people can see it coming from a mile away and i mean the other thing with that is that this is the only card in this deck that has that effect which i mean i'm sure there are people out there who have loaded any up to the nines with you know take 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 my opponent's things and so they cannot have them Um, right and i i think that's what i love about this deck is that even i mean you you had mentioned when it gets up to nine or eleven mana cost mana value yeah uh, it you, you gotta start thinking about you know is it worth playing or like can the deck run without any as and i think that because of the token package in this deck and how much it, uh, Eniaz almost forces your deck to congregate around flyers and how much of those uh, flyers are looking at spirits specifically. That that spirit sub-theme really is a savior in this deck Right. if Eniaz continues to either get countered, destroyed, etc. And I love that about this deck.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is not, you know, the deck is not particularly complex. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot. A lot of flying spirits. A lot of way to, ways to make token flyers come in and hit for big damage. Um, and you know, there's there are a lot of uh, a lot of cards that give your either your creatures or your spirits or flying creatures plus one plus one, and it just sort of sits there, so that if your board does get a little, once you, once you develop your board. There's a good chance your one-one creatures are already getting plus two plus two from various other cards, and then you can use Ineos's ability to give them a, a one-turn pump to really crank up the uh, you know, crank up the pain. So
0: yeah, yeah. Um, this is the part of the episode where I would normally ask you, what's a card that you'd think about cutting, and what's a card that you'd think about adding. But I think. The thing, I mean, I'll I'll still ask those, but uh, I'm gonna preface it with the fact that uh, Anyas is an Azorius Flyers commander. Like that's that's the thing it wants to do, and the fact that Blue White Flyers is such an archetype in like almost everything, whether it's you know cubes or uh, core sets, um, it it feels like the thing that Blue White wants to do through and through right there there's so many ways to build this deck uh and and i love that well Uh, i love that like blue white flyers is like is scalable i guess is kind of how i can put it where like it can be extremely powerful but it can also be you know goofy and right uh, kind of like built around you know luminarch ascension and maloku uh
1: yeah but yeah I mean because of you know because of what it is there are so many cards you could you could just swap like this is right not, you know this is not the most powerful version of of, of blue white flyers it just you know these are a lot of a lot of these are cards that were like I said came from another deck uh, a lot of them are cards that I happen to own because I think that this is a, a theme that is so wide you can you know there's a lot of cards you can you can put into this uh, and easily swap out and find something else that, that would also work. Mm.
0: So I think, yeah, exactly. And like, I think with, with this deck, you know, with, with a lot of my decks, I think about every set, like, Oh, like what, what cards can I put in? What cards can I take out? um, Either to make this better or more on theme or whatever. Right. Um, And like, I think that's kind of, the beautiful thing with this deck is that every set is going to have something that could belong in here. Oh yeah. Um, And so like, if you ever feel tired of, you know, half the creatures in this deck, there's, there's things lined up to take its place easy. Right. Um, And I, I love that. Um, Right. And I will say like,
1: like with, uh, with the removal package, there's virtually nothing in the removal package where you remove a card and you add a token or add a creature right. onto the battlefield. You can certainly do that. Uh, I mean, th- that, would yeah. be an, that would be an easy swap. Um, so, th- it just those that sort of little thing, it's fine. I think the only cards that I feel like are irreplaceable, you just you can't ever take them out. Probably Hearthstone and Training Grounds, I think, are the two. Um, they just enable that first ability so much that it it wouldn't make sense to take them out. The rest of it, I think, Mm. the rest of the cards, I think, are very interchangeable. You can mix and match. Um, And you don't even have to stick with the spirit theme. If you want to move off of that, you can certainly do that. But uh, there are so many uh, cards out there that give spirits some kind of bonus that just makes it easier to, to see them ramp up, 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 through the roof so
0: I hope to see more uh, design space within the similar kind of design space that EnEas is in where um, it definitely directs the the deck build in a very specific way but it's not so handholdy that the deck has to have you know XYZ cards. Uh, Like you said, you know, the two cards that you feel should almost always be in this deck are Hearthstone and Training Grounds, but, like, beyond that, like, Blue-White Flyers is so generic, but it does a very specific thing with that, like, genericness, you know? Um, I will say, one of the cards that I thought was kind of interesting that I put in
1: without really understanding just how good it was, was uh, Sphinx of Magosi.
0: Okay, uh, yeah.
1: The Sphinx is a 6-6 six, six flyer, it's not a spirit. Um, it costs three blue, blue, blue. And no, it's not a problem. Yeah, I, I've never had an issue playing this card out. Cause by the time you've got six mana, <laughs> I, I definitely have three blue. It's not a problem. Yeah. Um, but its ability, it's to, for two and a blue, draw a card, then put a plus one, plus one counter on the Sphinx. Um, and you would think, well, doesn't that kind of fight with Ineos a little bit? And I suppose so, but for the most part, uh, you know when you're looking to draw more cards and you know when you're looking to pump up your creatures right. to do damage. So um, the Sphinx of Magosi has done has done a lot of work for me as far as, you know, digging to find answers. Um and again, this is another one, another reason why your, uh, why training grounds and Hearthstone are just so good. Uh, I mean, if you can get training grounds out, then the Sphinx for one blue, you're getting a plus one plus one counter, a permanent increase, and you're drawing a card. And this doesn't say. And it's once not a at sorcery turn. speed. Yeah. Right, and it's not even once a turn. You don't have to tap or anything. So, if you've got the mana, you can do it again and again and again which can make this... I mean, the thing starts as a 6-6. Six, six. You know, draw three cards, put three counters on it. Well, that's a 9-9 nine, nine flyer. That's, that's, that's not nothing. And yeah. it, it certainly comes in and really pounds down. Um, more often, I sort of thought this would be a case of, oh, I happen to have three extra mana at the end of my opponent's turn. I'll draw a card and put a counter on it. And it really isn't that. It just, it mm. is, uh, it's a beat stick and it can draw you a lot of cards all at once. Um, I've had more than once when I spent six mana to give it two plus one plus one counters when it was, you know, when it was targeted for death. So if some, mm. you know, someone had played their swords to plowshares and targeted, and I still gave it the plus one plus one counters because I wanted to draw the cards. And, you know, it was just, that's, That's the kind of card this is. So um, I really, uh, my eyes were opened a little bit to the uh, Sphinx of Magosi, so. So I was sort of looking at, you know, which card would I look look to pull out. Um, As much as I've enjoyed running Boreas Charger, the card was put in there because it was a flying creature and would ramp. And I've tried, I wanted to make that work. unfortunately it just didn't work quite as well as i wanted it to um too many times the effect only happens once uh and you want it to happen Hmm. multiple times so so i'm not sure that that the charger would stay in the deck that just it's just one of the cards that just were a little underwhelming uh which was and were disappointing because i felt like it was something that was going to be on theme so i was hoping it would work better than it did
0: so, yeah, and yeah. I mean, especially for a card that came out within the past two years, it's already been outclassed by other white ramp. Um, but I like that it it stays on theme, and even, especially if you have got Brago out, you can try and trigger it more than once, um, but then you're kind of getting into uh, Christmas land.
1: Well, that yeah, and that's just it. Um, so far, I haven't been lucky enough to have the charger and Bra go out at the same time. But um, yeah,
0: yeah, that's the tough thing with you know, 100 yeah hundred card format. So right,
1: if I can make it happen, that may be all the reason I need to leave the charger in. But um, yeah, it's uh, proven to be a little tricky, uh, and it's uh, this deck is definitely not something where you want to be uh, having you know leaving something in because it has an enter the battlefield or leave play trigger that you can try and act out more than once so
0: yeah yeah um yeah no i i love this deck and um i want to see more of it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i i think it just like it it brings a certain energy to the table when it lands um because of that that last line about uh you know rotating permanence um and i think that it it gives i mean even as even as it's resolving just having the like political nuance of like people kind of being like no give this one to this person and this one and like yeah. kind of trying to fight over everything it it's it's a lot of fun and and kind of gives like it's very chaotic for i mean such a such a blue and white deck
1: right uh, um an interesting but. take uh, with the uh, transferring the cards, it, and it's not something I've really tried. And I may just throw this. I may try this out the next time I I get the opportunity to do it. Is what does what does the table want? Hmm. You know, talk to just your ask. Opon- yeah. talk to your opponents. Yeah, it's like, look, I'm going to take something. What should I take? You know, what should what should the uh, you know the person on your
0: on your right you know or what you know what should they get yeah what should they get either either ask the ask the person who's giving what they want to give or ask the person taking what they want to take right uh or yeah just go around and then i mean obviously you don't even have to like even if you ask you don't have to do what they say you know right um that would definitely be an interesting way to play it Sure, but you get you
1: get your opponents involved and create this this sub game that you know that they can that they can be involved in and try and try and make uh, Ineos a little more palatable that way, so that everyone thinks that they're they're the ones who are getting to be uh, at least partially responsible for the you know for what's going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's been a, it's been a fun deck, um, and uh, looking forward to getting in a few more games with it.
0: Nice, I'd uh, I'd say I hope I can play against it soon, but uh, you know it's definitely not the type of thing you want to play on on spell table. So. Spell table's
1: a little tough for
0: this one, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think that's that's gonna do it for us this week. I think um, so. I've, I
1: don't really have anything else to say. Anything else to say <laughs> about the deck? just check out the list and uh, you know see see what you think. Um, again, this is something that can be either can. Can definitely be powered up if your table proves to be more of a force to be reckoned with than the one that I normally play against. So yeah,
0: yeah. And if you have any, if you have any recommendations for any cool, fun plays that would just make things wild, then then shoot them at us. Uh, you know, yeah. just Throw it into the wind, um, and uh, we will uh, listen to it, and that will be as far as I can guarantee. Um, but yeah no, uh, this was a pretty good deck tale Um, and uh, I'm excited to see what I end up bringing to the table uh, in a few weeks you know we'll take it one week at a time Yep. so uh, we will see you guys next week we're Temple of the Falls Pod where our decks are not optimized but our plays sure as heck are fun I'm Andy I'm Bruce Uh, thank you again for listening have a great night and may your fifth land be the temple Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at ManaBurned, and I'm at Andy Weekend. though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fit land... Be the temple. Bye bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!